Welcome to 2021, our year of the supernatural. We believe that in this year, as prophesied, your life will go above and beyond the natural and that it will be positively and supernaturally changed through this sermon. The teaching you're about to listen to by our anointed shepherd, Pastor Boni Bahati, will challenge you, strengthen and transform you to live the victorious life you were created to enjoy. Listen and be blessed. We have been doing a series, and the series is called The Underground Church. So today I want to continue with the series, and today I want to speak about characteristics of a healthy and successful love group. Characteristics of a healthy and successful love group. The character traits of a successful and a healthy love group. Acts 2.46. Acts 2.46. Now, I'm going to give you signs that indicate that the love group you are in is healthy, successful, strong, and productive. The Bible says, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. So continuing daily with one accord, breaking bread from house to house. Ladies and gentlemen, the underground church participate in fulfilling this scripture that they met in the temple, but also met in homes. Tell about they met in homes. So it is the responsibility of every believer to be part of a small group called a love group in this church that meets in various homes so that this scripture may be fulfilled. Are we together? Because the the Bible says they continue daily. So continuing daily. Meaning it was an occurrence that was continuing. You don't just come to a love group today then come back after one month and you say you are a member of a love group. Doesn't work like that. Nobody doesn't work like that. You must continue daily. I can't hear you. Must con- tell about you must continue daily. You must do what? So these are the signs of a successful love group. I'm going to give you 700. <laughs> but because of time, I'll give you 699. Are you ready? Number one. A cell meeting or a love group meeting is held on a scheduled day. Love groups meeting are held on a scheduled day. Do you say schedule or schedule? Schedule. So who has the microphone? (laughs) Me or you? (laughs) You are trying to show me that you went to group of schools. You say scheduled. Scheduled. Of Farao and Pharaoh. Okay, fine. Let me, let, me, let me be humble and learn. The love group meetings are held on a scheduled day. Am I right, teacher? Schedule. Okay. 
you'll go and teach your class. You know, this is a literature teacher. So erratic love groups are a sign that there is no help in that love group. Erratic love groups is a sign that the love groups in that area are not healthy. Erratic means it is there today and tomorrow it is not there. Or the next time you're supposed to meet, it's not there. It is not regular. So the day is supposed to happen. For in our case, love groups happen on two days. Either on Friday or on Thursday. And primarily it is Thursday. Friday is only one. Only one happens on Friday. But primarily our love group day is when? Thursday. Remember our love group day is Thursday. So Thursday is not time for you to go to the salon in the evening. It's only one hour. From 7 to 8 or 6 to 7, depending on the location you're in. So that's not the time for you to go and do laundry. That's not the time for you to take your girlfriend out on a date. I'm telling you, if you take your girlfriend out during love group, you'll be dumped. Underline the word dumped and highlight it in bold, in italics. Because love group should happen. A one sign of a healthy love group is that love, that love group happens on the particular day it's supposed to happen. So there's no way, Maggie, our elder, your love group can be happening either on Monday, next week on Friday, next week on Thursday, the other week on Sunday, the other week on Tuesday, that's not a sign of health. Can you imagine if your lungs would decide to breathe on particular days and other days you decide not to breathe? Would you be alive right now? So it's a disease when the lungs has irregular intervals of breathing. But then how, many, how many breathing rates do you have? What is the breathing rate per minute? 7200. Eh? No, not heartbeats. The lungs. Or oh, the doctor is saying, brother, do your physics alone, eh? Do your physics alone. Let's listen to a doctor. 18 to 21 breaths per minute. 18 to 21 breaths per minute. Not heartbeats. So if someone has 100 per minute, is that normal? No, it's that, not. It's a, it's a problem. Yeah. Because things must be regular. A healthy thing is regular. 7,200. Oh, you saying 7,200? Who was that? Wamboi. Wamboi. Who's my Yako Pole Po? Pole Pole. Kwaki Pole. Mamma na Vitabu Achana na. Ambeja na Yako, watch a mambo ya Vitabu Kwaki Pole. Heartbeats, heartbeats, and breaths are different things. Heartbeats is your heart beating. Breath is different. We have been told it's 18 to 21 per minute. 
18 to 21 per minute. Heartbeat is, yo mna zasema. 72 to 75. At least clap for one boy. So if your heart decides to have 100 beats per minute, what will happen? You die. You get something called cardiac arrest. Some of you wonder what is an, a cardiac arrest. Cardiac who? Cardiac water. Cardiac arrest. Because it is irregular. If it goes above or below, it becomes irregular. So a love group must be on schedule. Are we together? It must happen when it's supposed to happen. Yeah, it's like going to the toilet. When the forces of nature want you to go to the toilet, your mind tells you you have 30 seconds to get to where you are going, or else we will work on you now. So if you don't get there in 30 seconds, what happens? The forces of nature release. Because they have been taught to be on schedule. They are never late, they are never early. They are always on time. Unless you are sick. So a love group meeting must happen when it's supposed to happen. That is one sign of a healthy and successful love group. So if it's not happening and it's supposed to happen, that shows the guy leading it, the shepherd, has backslidden. But then most of you don't know what backsliding is. Backsliding is not, ah, Miss Kuji Church. No. By the time someone says Sikuji Church, Ali backslide kitambo. Backsliding is a process. But backsliding is a process. It is a slow puncher, not a tire burst. Yeah. A slow puncher, when you have a slow puncher, the thing loses pressure. The tire loses pressure. Slowly by slowly. Slowly by, by the time you know it, you're on flat. Right? So you don't even realize it. So backsliding is the same thing. You don't realize you're backsliding. The Bible says, the Bible says in Revelation, to backslide, is the Bible simply says, look from where thou hast fallen. Look from where thou hast fallen. Look from where thou hast fallen. For example, you used to pray every day for one hour. You no longer pray. You're backslidden. You used to come to church early. By nine you are in church. Nowadays you come at 10.30. You're backslidden. So you are on a journey of deterioration. By the time you know it, you'll be gone, brother. By the time you know it, the story will be different about you. So backsliding is a slow puncher. So when you see a shepherd who is not conducting his love group regularly, he is backslidden. Remember, he is what? Because that's not health. Something that is healthy is something that is regular and continuous. Are we together? Are we together? Number two. The second sign on our way to 699. Are you following? The meeting starts on time. The meeting must start on time. The cell group meeting or the love group meeting must start on time. So we live in a very worldly and busy society. People are always conscious of their time. Christians being included. We're always cautious of that. Even right now, I'm preaching and you're looking at your watch. I'm saying, Pastor, you said the service ends by 1.30, so you better be done by 12.30. 
Because people, we live in a world that is very conscious of time. So a love group meeting that is not on time is a love group that is meant to fail. So neither should you be very early, nor should you be very late to start off your love group. So you observe over the years that when you are very early or very late, it's a clear indication of someone who is not prepared to host or lead a love group. Because people, if we've told people the love group is one hour, why should you us be three hours? I'm not talking about people. It's a lie. It's a lie. The Bible says the spirit, the spirit of a prophet is subject to the prophet. That's what the Bible says. So when the Holy Spirit comes down, like in, in the move of the spirit is felt, I dictate how long that move moves or how long that move stays. I can decide to end it now because he is subject to me. You can't start that vibrating for three hours. The spirit of God is here. No, that's abnormality. You've not read your Bible. He is subject to you. Are we together? So the spirit of a prophet is subject to the prophet. So you must learn to keep time. Remember, you must learn to keep time. Look, one of the areas where we fail as Africans is timekeeping. We are not good timekeepers. Look, even look at the time you came to church today. The service starts at 9.30. You are here at 10.30. And you think, you are saying, hey, 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 you know I need to be there by 9.30. And it's 10.30. You are rushing to be there by 9.30. Lakini shere. Shere umefika mapema. Karibu Kenya. Tunatabia zetu. Shere uchelewi. Unawafungulia mlango. But when it comes to church, you have no honor for God. Yeah. Do you know how you do you know if you know how you know if you honor something? Timekeeping. If the president calls me right now, like recently when we were, when we were, I was called, we were called by the deputy president. We were told to be there by 12. Is it 12 or 11? Whatever time, I can't remember. 12. We were there around 10 30, we were around the area. <laughs> That's waiting. We were at one of those malls. Waiting. When it is time, we enter into the cars and we park. We have honor for him. And that's a human being. You, you have no honor for your God. You come for love group when, it is, when 30 minutes before it is over. That's when you show up. It's a lie. Yeah, you don't have a car. Where you come from, you walk. So, you walk. You go to the then you say, hey, Akijam, it's a lie. Tell me you must learn to keep time. You must do what? One sign of a healthy love group. And by, let me pause and say this, by the way. One sign of a healthy person is the ability to keep time. You can't work in some organizations. You'll be fired. You'll be receiving memos every day. Memos every day. And if you receive three, you are given a termination letter. Because you don't know how to keep time. You are told come at nine. You show up at 9.15. Oh, I'm very sorry. Some people don't like that. Look, there's a, there's a place I go to. 
And that place, if you're told your flight, not Ndege, like your Tio, is at 9. You go there at 10. Or, okay, not even 10. You go there at 9.10. You are forced to wait for two hours or you pay 2,000. You pay 2,000 or you wait for two hours. Because once your guys go, you have to wait for others because people keep time. People are there by 6. If you are told it is 6, you 6. Your, your, your flight takes off at 6. So you, you don't know how to keep time. Let's just be honest with one another. Why can't you keep time? But you keep time on things that are not important. You always, you, you even had set a reminder on your phone. You set a reminder. Eh? One hour earlier, the alarm goes ding, 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 ding. Five minutes to the share. Five minutes, five minutes before the share. Ting, 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 ting. On the dot like this, Omengia. Is it a good thing? And that's the problem with young people, millennials. We really have that problem with timekeeping. We struggle in that area. Tell my neighbor, the way I look at you, I see soon you might be a CEO. And nobody will make you a CEO if you can't keep time. So train yourself. If the church starts at 9.30, be there by 9.30. Actually, try and be there 30 minutes earlier. Try and be there. Kwani, what, what mistake have you done to be here 30 minutes earlier? Is it not even a plus for you? I don't know who was telling me they went for an interview. Oh, it's my brother. He told me he was told, he, he, he told me he was told for, uh, this interview is happening at, I think, 8. Then him, he, at the school, he schooled in. He went to university at USIU. So in USIU, they are really taught so much on time. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they are really emphasized on time because of the American standard. So they are really emphasized so much on time. So him, he went there at 7. And he was told it's either 8 or 8. I can't remember the exact time. But all I remember is he was there an hour earlier. That is what made him get the job. And the, and the place had 700 applicants. 700. Him is not even yet to finish school, but he got a job. And he has not even finished school. Because of being there one hour earlier. Because it is nikama unana mtu ala kipingi time. Ame admika kama waliwa. Wanasemanga juwa soini. Waliwa daku. Kwa admika kama waliwa daku. People who keep time in our generation. People don't keep time. Look at that neighbor of viewers who looks like they keep time. Tell them, I know you are lying. I know you are lying. You don't keep time. You are never on time. Ask them what time did you come today? One sign of a healthy love group is the ability to keep time. Are we together? So if you are a member of a love group that does not keep time, that means, means all of you are sick and you need a doctor to treat that sickness. You cannot be coming 30 minutes late for a one hour meeting. Can you imagine? Who does that? You are coming 30 minutes late. Meeting. One hour meeting, you are coming 30 minutes late. How does it even work? You come for announcements and benedictions. And snacks. You come to eat our snacks. One of these days you will eat our snacks, eh? 
Then that stomach of yours, eh? I don't want to finish. Because how can you be coming to eat our snacks, honestly speaking? How? Uski uchungu gomdomo. Ukitafuna. No, nasema uongezewe. And you are 30 minutes late. Ukisha ongezewe, nasema, sijapata. Hii juisi kwa na majimingi, shame on you. Tell about shame on you. Learn to keep time. Good work ethics because one work ethic is timekeeping. Tell about one work ethic is timekeeping. Yeah, look at that neighbor of yours who has makeup all over. Tell them I know even this makeup you didn't apply it on time. Number three, number three, cell meetings or love groups are regular, regular love groups. Regular love group. Regular. Regular love group. So this is a very important principle right here. Listen to me, everybody. Anything that will succeed has to come on with a predictable regularity. Anything that must succeed or will succeed must come on with a predictable regularity. This applies to anything. If you get a new shop, if you open a shop, and the days you are open are less than the days, or rather the days, the days you are closed are more than the days you are open, that shop will, will, will fail. There is no way you can be closed more days than the days you are open. You will fail. Tell me you will fail. Tell me you will fail. If you start a business, it is of importance that that business comes on regularly and repetitively. Tell about it must come on regularly and repetitively. So anything that works, it must be regular and repetitive. Do you know why revision does not work for you? Should I tell you why revision does not work for you? Like revising for exams? It's because you do it once. The night before exam. Or the morning of exams. That's the day you read. That does not work. Can you imagine if you are, if you are being, uh, what is that thing called? Operation. The doctor doing surgery on you did not go to class regularly. Or the, the pilot flying your, your nege missed some classes. He was not regular and he was not repetitive. Because that's the time, the time he's supposed to be taught. He was not in class. He was not regular and repetitive. The time that pilot was to be taught how to land, he did not go to class. So he only knows how to take. Alisa knew a class. Akaomba notes. What happens? You fail. You die, all of you, right? Because anything that must succeed must come on regularly and repetitively. Anything that must succeed must come on regularly and repetitively. Do you know why I don't struggle walking? 
Eh? Do you know why you don't struggle walking? Can I tell you why you don't struggle walking? I don't look like you want to know. Are you sure you want to know why you don't struggle walking? Because you do it regularly and repetitively. Yeah. You mastered your walking style. You did it regularly. Without even knowing that you're doing it regularly. You just said one step, two. One leg front, one leg back. One leg front, one leg back. That's it. How do you know how to dance? Repetitive. Right? The people with the left leg, both left legs. It's because you don't know how to repeat patterns and sequence. Ah. It's true. Your mind is not developed enough to know how to, re to repeat sequence. Because for anything to be successful, it must be done regularly and repetitively. For anything to be successful. For marriage to work, you must love each other regularly and repetitively. You must fight regularly and repetitively. <laughs> For a good, by the way, fighting is part of a good marriage. What's up with my microphone? Fighting is part of a good marriage. You know why? If you don't fight, one of you is fake. Yeah, one of you is fake. Because how, come, how can you live with a human being and you never get to fight? There are no mistakes. That's not normal. Even right now here, people are full of mistakes. Even this church, that love group of viewers, you'll have to have issues here and, here and there about each other. We are that's part of a healthy a healthy group right but now it gets it gets out of order when it is becomes more like the times you are you are fighting are more than the times you're happy it gets out of order that time but any other time tell me any other time as it is regular and repetitive healthy. Nothing works if it's not regular. Church does not work for you, brother, because it's not regular in your life. You come to church once in three months and you expect it to work for you. I told you, people who say, oh me, I don't need to go to church for me to be born again, they are actually right. If you ever hear someone say that I don't go to church to be born again, they are actually right. Because the Bible says, how do we get born again? We believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth. That's it, right? However, that's, that's how salvation comes. However, it is common knowledge. If I want to remain married to my wife, I have to keep going home every evening. I don't know if you understand what I said. If I want to remain married to my wife, I have to go home every... But did we get married every evening? We got married once. We signed the certificate once. But for me to keep that marriage, I have to be regular and repetitive in going home. The same thing with your Christianity. You don't need to come to church to be born again. But for you to maintain your Christianity, you have to keep coming to church regularly and repetitively. You have to maintain that relationship by being regular and repetitive. Otherwise, if I don't go home every day, it's a matter of days that I come and find out that my wife left me. It will be a matter of time, God forbid. Because one day you'll come and find the relationship is not there. Because you didn't get married to a thing. You got married to a person. Right? In the same manner, Jesus is not a thing. He is a person. He wants to relate with you. So how can you be relating with something that you relate with once in three months? You see your wife once in three months. 
Is it, is it possible, married folks, is it possible that your wife shows up in your house once in three months? Are you a soldier? <laughs> and she's not a missionary. She just says, me, I'll be married to you, but we'll, be, we'll not be meeting regularly. We'll be meeting quarterly. <laughs> Our marriage is based on quarterly affairs. Will that marriage work? No, talk to me. Will that marriage work? So anything that works, you can see in all spheres of life, for anything to work, it must be regular and repetitive. For that makeup to make you look beautiful, you have to apply it regularly. <laughs> it's true. If you apply today, then you don't apply tomorrow. Then you apply the next day. You never know the day we will meet you. We might meet you the day you've not applied makeup. And, and beauty is in the eye of the... So if it's going to make you beautiful, it must be done every day. You have to maintain the standard. For anything to work, it must be regular and repetitive. This, this lady got nine Ps. Is it nine Ps or nine Fs? Nine Ps. That's a big deal. Such a big deal. You want to know her ways. How long were you revising? Nine Ps in her law school. Nine Ps. That's like first class. Passing is a big deal. I had to read, I had to read every single day. Like it, it was in my routine for me to read every single day. And then my working, my working time, I had to change it. So I used to wake up by six. I'm up to read from six to around eight. And then in the evening, uh, I used to read, depending if I come for the Tuesday service, uh, after the Tuesday service, I used to go back and read. Like it was regular and repetitive. It was part of her. And now she has nine P's. Nine passes in law school. I hear the lawyers are saying it's a big deal. Ask, may God bless us. Amen. We don't know. <laughs> As we are just hearing. And she was doing it regularly and repetitively. Now she has resources to show. If you're not going to be regular and repetitive in coming to church, it's as good as you don't come. Don't come. Because it's not going to work for you. You'll waste five years of your life. Five years of your life. And what you guys don't realize, you're getting old. You're 27 years, you're 28 years. You're almost 30. Recently, I saw Pastor Mark had, had put a certain meme. And I want to apologize to all those who I called old while they were 30. <laughs> Forgive me, I was just an 18-year-old who had no sense. You're almost 30, bruh. That fellow is calling. Then they say, <laughs> they say, what do they say? Uh, they say life begins at 40. So if you're 30, you have 10 years for, before life begins. And you've not laid any foundation. Because you're not regular and repetitive. You're not regular and repetitive on things. Tell about for anything to work, it must come on regularly and repetitively. The sequence must be repetitive. Yeah, that's why an engine runs on a repetitive motion for that engine to keep running the, the body of the car. The pistons have to be on a regular. If the pistons are irregular in an engine, that engine is faulty, right? And the engine cannot move the body. It must be regular and repetitive. For anything to work, look at your neighbor. I want to emphasize this point. For anything to work, it must be regular 
and repetitive. For school to work, it must be regular and repetitive. For your salvation to work, you have to be regular and repetitive in coming to church. Yeah. Hey, are we together? For your marriage to work, you have to be regular and repetitive in loving your wife. Even though they are stubborn sometimes, you have to love them regularly and repetitively. Please, eh? I emphasize. Are we together, my people? Number four. So for the love group meeting to work, it must be regular and? Talk to me, it must be regular and? Number four. Appropriate study material is taught at each meeting. Appropriate study material is taught at each meeting. By appropriate teaching, I mean the message, the teachings, and the doctrines of your pastor must be taught on a regular. The reason why I say this is because your pastor is the apostle of the church you are in. And a love group serves as a venue for the members of that church to continue to be taught the doctrines, the body of knowledge, the wisdom keys that God has given to the apostle of your church. The Bible says in Acts that they continue daily, steadfastly in Acts 2.42, continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. They continued daily, steadfastly in the apostles' what? Doctrine. So the appropriate study material must be taught in each meeting. That's why we give you a study sheet. You don't start teaching about people who we don't know. Doctrines we've never heard of. You start telling people things that we don't know. You tell them that you have, they have to come to your house in private for a holy shower. Where do you get such doctrines? Where do you get such doctrines? You, you are a shepherd and you tell the sheep, I'll come to visit you at the midnight hour. For the Bible says, no man knoweth when he comes. He cometh as a thief. A friend at midnight was knocking at the door. You say the Bible says that. Where did you get such doctrines? Have you had your apostles teach such doctrines? Have you had me visiting someone in the midnight hour? A friend at midnight? And for repentance? You are going for repentance meeting? For cleansing? A holy shower? Where do you get such doctrines? You tell people that now, instead of using the anointing oil, we'll be using coke on you? Because coke has more power to remove demons. The Lord spoke to me and said, the pastor does not understand. It's not anointing oil. It's coke. And you teach it and you wash them with coke. Where do you get such doctrines, brother? Tell your neighbor, neighbor, in your last group meeting, the appropriate study materials must be used. Your apostles' doctrines must be taught. The doctrines of this church, we also call them the philosophies of this house. And the first philosophy of this house is what? Service in the temple. We believe that the Bible says we shall serve the Lord and he shall. So what do you teach? You teach that it is important for you to serve God. 
Because the Bible says, you shall serve the Lord and he shall bless. Those are the philosophies of this church. The second philosophy of this church is loyalty. Talk about loyalty. Faithfulness. Fidelity. You see, I've never understood why Christians have, don't have an issue being loyal to political parties. Eh? But they have a problem when you are taught loyalty to God and to the church. The philosophies of this church is loyalty. We believe, tell about we believe in loyalty. Yeah. We believe in what? And one way to know someone who is on the path of becoming disloyal is when they go through the stages of disloyalty. The first stage of disloyalty is called independence. Espirite independiente. In Italian. Espirite independiente. Anytime you become independent is the first door to becoming disloyal. In any relationship. Not just church. In any relationship. When I become independent of my wife, and she becomes independent of me, we are on a journey of divorce. The, the, the journey of divorce is opened by the door of independence. I don't need you, you don't need me. By the way, do you know the difference between Kenya and South Africa? Do you know the difference between Kenya and South Africa? Kenya got independence so early. South Africa got independence so late. And the difference is like heaven and earth. In 1994, that's when the Muzungu left, right? Kenya left in 1963. By the time the Muzungu was leaving South Africa, South Africa had good roads. Sometimes premature independence is evil. Sometimes pre premature independence is evil. That's why you should not be those who, me, I want to live by myself. Before you are ready to live by yourself. Independence. Some of you lost virginity because you started living by yourself. Ah, my microphone is on. Oh, oh. If you had remained in your mother's house, you would still be a virgin. A holy one. She's saying, yes, a holy virgin. It's true. You'd be a virgin right now. Now you are in tertiary virginity. Why did that happen? Premature independence. Uliskia, ku. Premature independence is dangerous. Yes. So independence is the first step to becoming what you don't want to become. So we teach our apostles doctrine by saying you cannot become independent. Why would God bring you into my life? Then you decide to be independent of me and I decide to be independent of you. And we want to share our lives together. Don't you want to share our lives together? Don't you want me to come for your wedding? Don't you want you to come to my child's dedication? Don't you want to be there in my child's naming ceremony? Then how can that happen if you're independent of me and I'm independent of you? Do we celebrate America's independence July 4th in Kenya? Why don't we celebrate it? Because we are independent of America. Or do they celebrate our Independence Day? Jamuri. Do they even know, do they even know he's there? Why? They are independent of us. Independence is the first door to becoming disloyal. The second step is what? Offense. Anytime you become independent, you are easily offended. 
If I become independent of my wife, I easily get offended by my wife. Check your heart if you're always offended. Check your heart. How come it's only you that is always offended? Jesus spoke and said, blessed is he that is not offended by me. Blessed is he that is not offended by who? So blessed are you if you're not easily offended. You're offended by everything. You're offended by me preaching like this, mentioning virginity. That has offended you. You, you, on Sunday, you will not come because I say I spoke about virginity. As if it does not exist. As if it's not in biology subject. Or as if one time you were not there. <laughs> that offends you. I don't know who was telling us. Someone was offended by I don't know what. By death, yeah. Someone was offended that I spoke about death. I'm serious. And it's scripture. I was just reading the Bible. The Bible says a wise man thinks more about death, but a fool only thinks about having fun. So when I say that, a lady was offended. How can they talk about death in church? It's scripture. It is scripture for crying out loud. And the Bible says you will die. It is appointed unto man that wants to die. The Bible says man, many scriptures, man is a few days full of troubles. So the truth is one day you will die. And the girl is offended. She says, you shall not encourage me. That is a place of hope. I say, that is hope. To be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. That is actually hope. So the reason why you don't want to be told you will die is because you know if you die right now, you are going to hell. It's nothing you, are, you have for God. You are going straight to hell. That's why you don't want to be told you are going to die. But in this church, if you if you'd be offended because of reading the scriptures, please, You'll be offended so many times. Because I, will, I, I believe the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And the Bible says that a wise man thinks more about death. But a fool only thinks about having fun. When the Bible says you think more about death, it's not saying that you, start, you just sit down and start thinking, hey, one day I'll die. Eh? How will I die? What if today is the day I'm dying? No, it's saying that you have eternity in mind. You live your life in a way that eternity is in mind. Eternity is in the mind. You always think, if right now I go and meet my maker, what shall I tell him? If I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, the bema seat, what shall I tell him? What shall I tell him? Because it is appointed for men to die once and after face judgment. After you die, judgment awaits you. And as a Christian, your judgment is for works. Because you've already passed from the judgment of life and death. You've already received Christ. So that you, your judgment will not be, are you going to hell or heaven? No. Those ones who will do that is those ones who have not received Christ as their Lord and Savior. Their judgment is very easy. Is Christ the Lord of your life? No. To hell. But for a Christian, you are not choosing between black and white. An unbeliever is choosing between black and white. Hell or heaven. You, you are choosing between white and white. Or black and black. So you stand before God and he asks you, what did you do for me? That's what the Bible says in Hebrews. That our works will be passed through fire. Our works will be passed through fire. Grass will burn. Wood will burn. Gold, if your work is gold, it will be refined. So when your work is passed through fire, what will you say? You are not in any love group. You never led anyone to Christ. You never shepherded anyone. You never discipled anyone. What shall you say? And you are a Christian for many years. Eternity is in mind. It is, it is important for a wise man to think more about death. More important to think about death. Because one day, the church is silent. You don't like death. 
One day you'll stand before God there and you'll answer. I gave you 50 years of, of being on earth. What did you do with the 50 years? Yes, you are a Christian. You're not going to hell. But what will you do? I even had someone else was offended when I said that heaven is in levels. It's true. It's the problem with you. Don't read your Bible. Read the book of Revelation. See, the Bible says there is a new Jerusalem. And there are cities around Jerusalem. And the same Bible says, and there are those who are in the outer darkness. In scripture, there was a new Jerusalem, a city around new Jerusalem, and outer darkness. Read your Bible. You're saying, Amisi amini yokitu. Nani scripture? Unakuwa offended na scripture? Unakuwa offended na scripture? Ask your neighbor, unakuwa offended na scripture? Tutakusaidia aje. How shall we help you? That is the second stage. That stage is what? Remind me. Passive. After you are offended, you become passive. You are passive. I will not say anything about anyone anymore. That's, how you, that's, that's the stage you are with your, with your boyfriend. That's the stage you are with your boyfriend, right? Your current boyfriend. I will not say anything about that girl anymore. If he decides to call one day, do you want my story? Yes. One, day, one day, a certain guy was with a certain girl. So the guy asked the girl, the girl for his phone. So the girl gave the boy the phone. But now he didn't know the password. It was, it was the girl, because it was the girl's phone, she knew the password. So the guy asked the, the <laughs> he asked the girl, what is the password? The girl said, it is your ex-girlfriend's birthday. And the guy put them. The guy said, it's not working. The guy said, <laughs> the girl asked, so you still remember, huh? So you still remember, eh? So you still remember. That's how you're put, that's how you're caught. You must be thinking. Look at the boy next to you, say you must think. Because anything you say might be used against you in the court of law. Every conversation is recorded. Yeah. It is archived. For quality control purposes. It might be used against you. In a court of law. So you are at that stage. You are passive. I will not say anything about anymore. I will not go to church any day. I will not talk about that church again. My shepherd, I will not talk about them. You're just passive. You used to sit at the front, now you sit at the back. Yeah. You are no longer concerned. You fold your hands and say, let me watch and see. It's a stage. You're almost, you're progressing. Then the fourth stage, someone remind me. Critical stage. Now the critical stage is where you begin to criticize. By the way, do you know that most critics are people who are doing less than you? Nobody criticizes you if they are doing more than you. Anyone doing more than you never criticizes you. If anything, they encourage you to do better. Anyone who criticizes you is below you. Critics are always below you. And the reason why critics criticize is because they are not participating. Have you watched fans of football? Messi and Messi and PSG. Criticizing 
Unasema ama Arsenal. Maybe tunalazimisha football na wanakuwa wanafaa kuwa wasanii. Criticizing. But if you ask them to go and play. Eh? To participate. They don't they cannot even shoot a ball 100 meters. But apa? Apa? Do you know why? Because anytime you are on the peripherals, you always see mistakes. When you are in the field, rarely do you see who is doing what. You are busy because you are busy on the ball, you are playing. <laughs> But because you are on the peripherals, you see that pastor is doing that, that shepherd is doing that. But when you get involved in the work, your head is down. How will you see? But look, you became independent, you got offended, you became passive, now you are here criticizing. Ah, hiyo kanisa screen zake ni ndogo, sutubaiye kubwa. Bias. If you were part of us, you would have known that we don't have money to buy big ones. So you don't criticize us. That's why in this church we don't accept criticism. Whether positive or negative, we don't accept. We don't I, you know I'm just giving you positive keep it to yourself. Before you tell us our problems, we know them. We can start to list them. Like even right now I talk about small screens. That's a problem. We know about it. Perhaps you are not even noticed. So we don't tell about, I don't accept criticism. Whether positive or negative. I tell you why. One of the reasons why you don't allow everybody to criticize you is because not everybody has the authority to speak into your life. That authority you give it to specific people. There are people who criticize me and I listen. And that's my father. My pastor is called Pastor Jim. He is the one who has given access to my life. I've allowed him to criticize me, to tell me this is wrong, this is right. Because you don't give everybody that authority. Because that's so much power. Satan can use that to destroy you. Either positive or negative. Positive can make you proud easily. Negative can easily make you discouraged. Right? It can crush you. So what do you do? You give nobody authority unless He's a mentor to you. He's your pastor. Only your pastor has the authority to tell you this is wrong and this is right. Because when he's speaking, he's speaking from a point of love. The other guy does not even love you. Doesn't even care about you. He's just saying things to hurt you. He's just telling you things to hurt you. And after that, if you are broken, it's up to you. Your pastor will break you and try and heal your heart. Because he's a shepherd. That's the work of a shepherd, right? One of the reasons, one of the works of a shepherd is to pour oil on the nose of the sheep. Because sheep would get sick, and a certain kamdudu would enter through the nose and all the way to the brain. Have you seen Mushawana Mbuziki? Ah, see Mbuziki. Kondoi kijigongesha kwa kwa mtivi. Eh? There's like a certain insect that attacks it and enters through the nose all the way to the brain. So what it's hearing, it's hearing a buzzing sound in the brain. So it's trying to remove it. So in the process of doing that, they kill themselves. So what a shepherd would do when a sheep would go through that, he would come with oil and pour oil on the nose. Then them dudu because of the anointing oil, the fragrance of the anointing oil would would pull them dudu from the brain all the way down and remove it and the sheep would be healed. That's where anointing of the sheep came from. So when the anointing oil is put on you, it is everything that is not supposed to be in you comes out. That's how we interact with the anointing the Holy Spirit. You understand? So when you criticize, you don't know such thing. Number four, is it number four or number five? Number five is political stage where you become a politician you start gathering people together creating stories by the way have you ever known that in court 
people believe that numbers have power. It's true to some degree numbers have power. That's why politicians, when, when a politician starts speaking, what's the first thing they say? Wakenya wanasema! Wakenya wagani. Those are political statements. What to wanasema? People are saying, Pastor. People in this church are saying, when I hear that, I just know politician is here. Politician is here. We never use such statements in this house. People are saying, which people? When you tell us people are saying, bring those people who are saying, then let them come and say what they are saying here. Give us their names. We ask them, did you say this? In most cases, you'll find that nobody said that. That's a politician you're dealing with. You're dealing with a potential Lucifer. Lucifer started saying like that. I've ever given you the story of what happened in heaven. How Lucifer? No, I don't have time. It's a long story. Read the book. You have the Bible. Read it. Lucifer started saying, oh, I shall ascend. I shall become like the most high. People were saying, how can we just be bound to the Messiah? How can we just be bound to the Messiah? They can also bow to me. I'm the chief cherub. Every good thing is in me. Music is in me. I can also be honored. Such statement, political statement. Is, why, why do you guys stand up when the pastor comes in? He's just a man. Why should, we, why should we worship a man? You lack understanding, man. You lack understanding. The reason why people confuse worship and honor is because both of them are done with the same body. The same body you use to worship is the same body you use to honor. But now the difference between worship and honor is worship comes from the heart. Honor comes from the soul. Honor is from the soul. Worship is from the heart. That's what the Bible says. True worshipers shall worship in truth and in spirit. They worship from their hearts. So worship belongs to God because you're doing it from your heart. The Bible says honor those who preach the gospel. So where do you honor them? From your soul. But people don't know that, so they confuse. When you see uh, people are standing for a pastor, you say they are worshiping a pastor. No, you lack understanding. People are saying, why is the pastor having a nice car and we are walking? Why is the president riding a limousine and you live in a bed sitter? I answer question. See, the president has a, a limo, a presidential limo, S-class. Right? How come you don't have one? And you've never complained. And you pay taxes. Call them more than 10%. You know, Why have you never complained? Lack of intelligence. You just don't think critically. Lots of people don't take time to think. If you just think about some things, you will know why some things are the way they are. Hey! The sixth one is what? Deception. Now you enter the deception stage where you become deceived and there's nothing as bad, eh, my brother, as being in deception. Because do you know what deception is? Deception is believing a lie. There's nothing as dangerous as believing a lie. I have met a fool does not know he's a fool. Eh? They are here, several. I've interacted with them. I've interacted with them. They don't know they are foolish, but they are foolish. That's deception. Deception. You're interacting with a fool, Frank, and you don't know this is a fool. One sign of a fool is a fool does not know or does not understand imminent dangers. Does not understand the consequences of imminent dangers. You don't understand. You don't understand that ukushika is timid akuchapa shock. Like a child, a child is a fool. Right? Because they are foolish. That's what deception is. 
you are playing with fire and you don't know it's fire. It is deception that brought Satan from heaven, man. Deception. He was deceived. Satan, Lucifer, he was deceived. Maybe in the course of the year or next year, I'll teach you what happened in heaven in details of how he became deceived, how deception entered in, in his heart. It's in the book of Ezekiel. He said, me, I shall ascend. I shall become like the most high. How can you become like the one who created you? How can I become like my pastor? And my, I am a creation of my pastor. Like everything I know, he has taught me. That makes me a creation. Like iPhone is a creation of who? Steve Jobs. So how can iPhone become smarter than Steve Jobs, the late? Is it practical? How can you become greater than your master? Is it possible? You can know more, but you can never become greater. Because you are standing on his shoulders to know. So you will know much more. You might even do more. Because he is, you are standing on his shoulders. But you can never become greater than him. You can never outshine your master. So Satan wanted to outshine his master. Deception enters your heart. Deception enters your heart. Those are the philosophies of this house. Then after deception, you enter into open rebellion. You not, because now you are deceived and you are believing a lie. You know the Bible says, by the way, before I go to open rebellion, the Bible says when you are dealing with a fool, don't take him to school. It's a waste of money. Because as hard as it is to remove, it is so hard to remove foolishness from a fool. It's so hard to remove foolishness from a fool. So hard. So when you're dealing with a fool, don't waste your time. Just stand away from them. Because a fool believes a lie. And when a fool believes a lie, someone who was a fool in history is Hitler. Hitler was a great fool. Do you know because of Hitler how many Jews died? Like six million. Jew died because he believed that the Jew are not good people and Germans are the superior race. So because of that, he killed six million people. Six million. He taught in school. He taught. There, there's a book. I've forgotten the name of that book. It's, it's in even right now. Germany. It's illegal to have that book. Even in some other countries, it's illegal to have the book. Because he, he put everything he believed in a book and taught everybody for around, for around like four years before the World War began. Then now the Germans were agitated, the Nazis were agitated against the Jew. They killed them. They would, they would put them in a, in, a, in a room like this and, and gas them to death. Gas them to death. And they would suffocate because of gas. And because of that fool, we had World War I and World War II. Because of one fool. Because he didn't understand imminent dangers of what he was doing. Your foolishness can cause war. Yeah, your foolishness can cause war. That's what the Bible says, that the tongue is a small thing, eh? But it can light a fire. It can light a fire. It can light a fire. A tongue is like when you enter into a room. And in the room, there are, there are several gases, right? Now think about the cooking gas. So you enter into a room that is full of the cooking gas, the LPG gas. If you, if you make a mistake and you light a lighter in that atmosphere, what will happen? Boom! Explosion. So the world we live in is like that. The gases that are there are not good gases. 
People are always ready to become violent. So if you just spark that fire, boom. Like in Europe, everybody has, almost everybody has nuclear. Everybody has nuclear heads. He's just waiting. Now look at that kind of society, polarized society. Alafu wa ukuji wanda kuongea, ukuwe Hitler wa 2021. So you'll mess the whole world. A foolishness does that. A foolish person does that because of foolishness. Are we together? Then you enter into open rebellion, where you rebel openly like Lucifer now. All those stages, Lucifer followed them. Now you become like Lucifer. You say, ah, me! Mwezi niambia kitu. Mwana nini? What can you tell me? Peter, what's up with the microphone, brother? You start writing things on Twitter. Start writing things on Facebook. Why would you want to swell what you once was, was what once? Why would you want to swell? I think the receiver has a problem. Check. Why would you swell? Why would you want to swell faster? That which first quenched your thirst. Why would you want to susu on a river that first quenched your thirst? The reason why you are doing that is because you don't want any, anyone else to ever drink that water, including you. Because one day you'll also be thirsty and you'll come back to the river. But the river is swelled. You can't take water from that river. That's what open rebellion does. And the end of such people is always sure. Their end is called execution. That is what happened to Judas. That is what happened to Absalom. That is what happened to, uh, what is the name? Lucifer. Anybody who became like that, disloyal in the Bible, their end was sure. Their end is execution. It might take time, but the end is sure. It's a, it's a, it's a prophecy into the future. So we don't need much, much science. It's a sure word of prophecy that the end of any disloyal person is execution. If I have fed you, I have preached to you, I have prayed for you, I have attended your graduation, I have joined you in wedding, I have prayed for you to have a job, then one day you rise up and say, this man is a foolish man. The Bible calls you a fool. Because the Bible says, any ground that has been watered, and that ground does not produce fruits, Instead, it produces thorns and thistles. That ground is already cast. So I don't need to say you are cast. The scripture has already cast you. That's what happened to all the disloyal people. They were fed with good water. They were fed with good grain. They were fed with good uh, manure. But other than producing fruits, they produced what? Thorns and thistles. Ladies and gentlemen, in any healthy love group, the philosophies of the house must be taught. The apostles' doctrines must be taught. I just paraphrased our, our doctrines as a house. Some of them just took some of our doctrines. Those things must be taught. You cannot start teaching about oh, Pastor Chris or Yakilome. It's a good thing, eh? It's not bad. But does it help the local church? Does it, can you imagine right now, if in that church they start teaching my messages? and not teaching about their pastor. Am I the apostle of that church? Is it a good thing? It's not a good thing. It's not evil, but it's not good. Right? Because the Bible says all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. So it's permissible to do it. 
if you're in this church, you have to learn to listen to my voice. I am your pastor. If God wanted uh, T.D. Jakes to be your pastor, you'd be in Dallas, Texas. But look, you come from Ware, from Gataka. Eh? Omena Road. There's Omena Road. You come from Omena Road. You come from Kandisi. Tuala. Jakes does not even know you. Look, this short guy who you, whom you don't like is the one who is appointed to be your apostle. Ah, tell about neighbor. neighbor. That short guy is your apostle. So listen to his sermons. Listen to his doctrines. They devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrines and teachings. My teachings is what you have to devote yourself to. Did I stand here and preach to you? From Boni chapter 3 verse 10 Run away But as long as I'm opening the Bible And I'm teaching you about Jesus Do what Paul said Follow me as I follow Christ Remember, Follow the pastor Follow his doctrines As he follows Christ Yeah Just think If God wanted Bishop Dark to be your pastor You'd be in Ghana You'd be in Ghana But look, you're not in Ghana You're here You're in Kenya you don't even have a passport. But very soon I see you having a passport. May God open doors for you to fly. You will be flying in and out. You see, in Africa to fly is a miracle. Eh? In Africa. Ask your father. He's 50. He has never flown. But you know what I'm saying is true. It's a, it's a luxury. It's a miracle. But I see you will fly. You'll be going for holiday with your children abroad. Number what? But five, there's an atmosphere of love. Signs of a healthy love group. An atmosphere of love. An atmosphere of what? An atmosphere of what? So a love group must be full of love. There's an atmosphere of what? Love. A love group where members are always fighting and are not happy is not healthy. It's not healthy, not healthy. A love group where members are always fighting and not happy is a sign of lack of health. Watch out when your members inform you that they want to change their love groups or leave being members of a love group altogether. It is a sign that that love group is not healthy. Because there's no love. Members of a love group must experience the great Christian love and not strife and contention. Because those things have the potency or the potential to kill that love group. James chapter 3 verse 14. James chapter 3 verse 14. And I want us to read together. It's on the screen. Can we read together? One, two, three. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, don't boast and lie against the truth. Uh -huh. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is utterly sensual and demonic. Mm -hmm. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and what? Every evil thing are there. 
Strife is evil. It's because of self-seeking. Verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Uh -huh. Verse 18. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who do what? Make peace. Now give me the message Bible from verse 14. And this one we read all together. One, two, three. Is it verse 14 or verse 13? Okay, we, stand, we can start from 14. It's fine. Let's read. One, two, three. I can't hear you. One, two, three. Do you want to be counted wise? To build a reputation for wisdom? Here is what you did. Live well. Live wisely. Live humbly. Live well. Live wisely. Live uh -huh. It is the way you live and not the way you talk that counts. Let's continue. I can't hear you. Mean-spirited ambition isn't wisdom. Boasting that you are wise isn't. Twisting the truth to make yourself sound wise isn't. Let's continue. It is the farthest thing from wisdom. It is animal cunning, devilish, and conniving. Mm -hmm. Whenever you are trying to look better than others or get the better of others, things fall apart and everyone ends up at the other's throat. Verse 17. Real wisdom, God's wisdom, begins with a holy life. And is characterized by getting along with. It is gentle and reasonable, overflowing with mercy and blessing. Not hot one day and cold the next, not two faced. The wisdom of God is. Go back. The wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is gentle and reasonable. Gentle and reasonable. The problem with. Holy than thou Christians, they are never reasonable. The Pharisees kind of Christians, you are never reasonable. So you load it over the people. You tell them you are behaving like this. And, hey, hey. When you see the girls wearing trousers, you have a problem with it. When you see someone with dreads, you say, when him kora. Because you are not reasonable. But the wisdom of God is what? Gentle and reasonable. Verse 18. You can develop, let's read one, two, three, one, two, three. Uh -huh. And enjoys its results only if you do the hard work of getting along with, treating each other with. A love group that does not have the atmosphere of power or the atmosphere of love is an unhealthy love group. Because love makes you treat each other with dignity and honor. That's why in this church, we don't care whether you came driving or you came walking. We don't care whether you are working or you are broke. Because at the foot of the cross, the ground is level. Everybody is equal. Everybody is equal. In this church, everybody is equal. We don't relate with you based on how much we give. Because I don't even know how much you give. I don't say, hey... We want a big fish. I want one million. I don't know. 
I don't even know where some of you live. Sometimes I intentionally decide that I'm going to visit the leaders. And the leaders will visit, the elders will visit the shepherds. And the shepherds will visit the, the sheep. So that you don't say, Pastor, I'm going to come to Flani, you are going to pesa. I visit the, the leaders only, the ministers. You understand? Eh? Yeah. And the pastors. Then them, they'll visit the sheep, the shepherds, and the shepherds will visit the sheep. Because I want to treat everybody with dignity and honor. I don't want to relate with you based on how much you have or where you work. That's why when I'm introducing people, I don't say, this one, safaricom. I don't care where you work. I'm not, inter I'm not interested with you because you are where you work. I'm interested with you because you're the person I love. So whether you have those things or you don't have them, I'm interested with you. Most of the people who surround me are broke. It's true. This isn't your truth. This is your yeah, no, The ones, not these ones, the ones who surround me. I'm always hanging out with you guys. And some of you will give 50s. I would be hanging out with the rich guys of our HQ. I would be always be there with them. People who have cars. You came walking. You live in a one bedroom. I would be going to people who live in Karen. Oh, one bedroom. <laughs> you live in a single room. But I see you progressing. Amen. Living in two bedrooms. Amen. In three bedrooms. Amen. You understand? Because I want to treat everybody with dignity and honor. A love group that is healthy must treat everybody with dignity and honor. Whether they come walking or they come driving. Whether they live in Karen or they live in Masailoch. Whether they live in a hostel or in a bedsitter. Whether your clothes are expensive or cheap, the atmosphere of love must surround the church, must surround the love group. That's a sign of health. The Bible says where God is, God is love. That's why when you walk into this church, you always feel love. The visitors are always saying, I felt love when I came to this place. Because God is here. And where God is, there is love. God is love. So the atmosphere of love must surround and how do you know you love? You know you love by what you give. You must learn to give your time. Give your time. When you hear someone is sick in your love group, give your time to pray for them. Don't gossip them. You don't benefit by gossiping. No, tell her you don't benefit by gossiping. Give your time to pray for them. Yes. Give your time to ask God to help them. Because today it is them, tomorrow it is you. Waswahili usema ujafa hujaumbika. Unaona waswahili usema kama ujafa hujaumbika. Kwa hivyo usimcheke kilema. Manake wewe kama ujafa hujaumbika. Yeah, utakuwa umeumbika ile siku utakufa kama hujakuwa kilema. So ukisikia mtu anasumbuka na mamanki. Muombe. Muombe usimcheke. Useme huyu anafanya kazi KWS hapana. Mtapanda mchana nyumbani. You'll get it when you go home. Pray for them. Are we together? You know you love by giving. Give your time. Number two, you know you love by giving. Give your evangelistic efforts. Go for evangelism. 
We have a policy in this church that we are introducing to love groups that every love group, every week, you must win two souls and bring them to church on Sunday. Every love group, every week, must win two souls. And a love group has six people to 12 people. We are trying to reduce the number from 12 to six. We only want one love group to have six people. Because scientifically speaking, a human being is able to manage a relationship of between four to six people. Scientifically speaking. So when you have six people, you are able to manage that relationship very easily. Are we together? Are we together? So give your time for evangelism. Go and make sure your love group has won those two souls. And on Sunday you brought them to church. Disciple them and let them replicate themselves and do the same. You only know you are a successful shepherd if you have disciples who are doing what you are doing. That's the only way you know you are a successful shepherd. If you've not discipled anyone to do what you are doing, they cannot pray like you. They can't read the Bible like you. They don't listen to podcasts like you. Bruh, you're not a good shepherd. A good shepherd must be able to disciple after his kind. The reason why we say Jesus is the chief shepherd is because he discipled 12 men who were able to do what he did. 12 men only changed the whole world. That's, that's the power of being a good shepherd, a good discipler, discipling people. You get them and teach them about love. And you ask them now, I want to see love. You pray for their hearts to be full of love. As a love group, you pray for each other. Lord, teach our hearts to love. Look, love is more powerful than the law. Love is more powerful than the law. Because when you love, you're not steal. When you love, you not fight. When you love, you not kill. Love is stronger than the law. That's why in this church, we, don't, we, are, not, we are not do's and don'ts church. Don't do this, don't do that. No, we are a church of love. We teach you to love God. Because if you love God, you not want to hurt him. The Bible says when we sin, we crucify him again. So because you love God, you will keep yourself away from sin. Because you don't want to crucify him again. Because anytime you sin, you take him back to the cross. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews. You take him back to the cross. Anytime you sin, you take Jesus back. So when you love Jesus, you do not want to be part of the people who always take him back to the cross. Love is stronger than the law. When you love, you give. Number three, when you love, you give money. The Bible says where your heart is, there your treasure will also be. If your, if your treasure is in this church, if your heart is in this church, your treasure will be here. So guess what? Your heart follows your treasure. Your heart follows your treasure. Because where your heart is, there your treasure will be. So your heart follows your treasure. So if you want to know where your heart is, look at where you spend your money. If you spend your money on lotions, your heart is in lotions. Because you are in relationships. You are in relationships. You'll get it when you go home. Check where you spend your money. Because that's where your heart is. If you are always spending money on girls, your heart is all with Jesus, it's with girls. And girls will leave you. There's a pandemic of people being left. You'll be left as well. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, where your heart is, there your treasure will be. So there's no way we can be collecting, passing money from the love group to pass people who cannot afford to come to church and you give five bob. It shows your heart is not in that love group. Because if your heart was there, you'd try your best 
to give. Eh, look, you're not giving five bob because you don't have. No, you are giving five bob because you don't want to give. But you also you, you also don't want to be seen as someone who is not giving. Or you dip your finger in the offering basket and you remove it. But this is a very dangerous thing. The Bible says, they have sown the wind, they shall reap the wild wind. Never do that. Never come and sow the wind. Like you see, give me an offering basket. Quickly, an offering basket. Anybody, anyone. When the Bible says, they have sown the wind, they shall reap the wild wind. It's here. It's faster than you. Thank you. Someone hold it for me. So you come and do this, stand here. Okay, what you need to understand is this offering is not mine. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. the offering you give is not pastors. It belongs to God. It is God who rewards. So when you come and do this and go, because what you don't understand, when people are coming to give offerings, they are coming to fulfill the scripture that says, you shall come sowing in tears and reap in joy. So when you're coming to give your offering, you're coming to sow. Now, if you come and sow the wind, Nimeshika wind, eh? Imagine, I've caught the wind, and come and sow the wind. If that scripture is to be fulfilled, what will I reap? The wild wind. That's why your life is so dry, you have no money, because you've been sowing the wind. You come, you sow the wind. Now your life is a... Do you know a wild wind? There's a... What, what do you call it in Swahili? Eh? Gomashiaka. It's called, in Kikuyu it's called Gomashiaka. That wind that blows like this. And comes, when that wind comes here, it will carry everything here. It can even uproot grass. So when you sow the wind, you don't reap wind, you reap wild wind. If your heart is in your love group, if your heart is in your church, you will give. Because you're not giving to me. Tell about you never give to pastor. You give to God. If God was the... You know what you need to ask yourself? If God was the one holding this basket, would you bring that 50 shillings? Let's be honest. And you have 5,000 in your... In your... In your... In your pocket. Would you give him 50 bob? But imagine this God who is always holding this basket here every Sunday. It is him who is always holding it. I don't reward you. I have no power to make you rich. I have no power. It's not me who rewards you when you give. You're not even giving to me. This, this is church money. It doesn't come to my account. There's an accountant for the church. The money goes to the church. It does the work of the church. It pays bills for the church. It doesn't come to Pastor Boni. No. That's why if it was coming to me, would I be giving offerings? <laughs> what for? But I also give offerings. I also give offerings myself. Because I'm not giving it to this basket, to Pastor Boni. I'm giving it to God. Where your heart is, there your treasure will be. How come that you've been giving 50 bob since you were born? And you don't feel bad about it? That's why your level is just that. Tell your neighbor from today, break out from the cast of 50 shillings. Yeah, break out. Say from today. Look, one time, thank you, maybe seated. One time I was so broke. Kitambo was very broke when I met my wife. But I was still single. I was broke. Then I remember one time I was praying and I had a revelation. 
So I told myself, because of where I am, I will never give this amount of money. At that time, I used to give 50 shillings. So I told God, Lord, I want to be giving 200 shillings every week as offering. Every week. Not tithe, because tithe I pay. So if you give me 2,000, 200 belongs to God. That is automatic. It's like tax. Do you negotiate about tax? You don't negotiate. So I, automatic, I know 200 belongs to God. However, offerings I give. The Bible says you've robbed me in tithes and offerings. So most of you think you've robbed God through tithes only. There's another aspect of robbing God through offerings. So I told God, Lord, I want you to be providing for me 200 per week. So God would provide for me. I had a wallet. So my wallet had different compartments. So what I'll do, I'll take that 200 and put it Malista Yona in those, one of those compartments where I will put my so when Sunday comes, I would go to where I put my 200 and remove it and go and sow. Because the Bible says you will, you, you will come sowing in tears and reaping joy. So I would go and sow the 200. And I, saw, I started seeing God started increasing me from, 50, from 200 to whatever, to thousands. Now I give him thousands. From 200 more. Because of being faithful. And look, one thing about God. God will always provide. The Bible says he gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. God will always give you offering. He will always give you. He will always give you 200,000 if you prayed for it. Waiting for you to give him his tithe. You never do it. God will always fulfill his side. The problem is you cut short the, 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 the flow. And what you don't understand, when you stop tithing, come on, a pipe. Imagine a pipe here. Water is flowing from the tap into maybe a flower here that we are watering. Now, if the pipe remains like this, the water will keep flowing, right? If I squeeze the pipe, what happens? The water ceases to flow to the pot, right? Now, is it that there's no water in the pipe? Or the water is in the pipe, but the water can't flow? The water is in the pipe, but it can't flow, right? Now, God has the resources, but they can't get to you. Because you're not doing what you need to do. Because the kingdom of God is a kingdom of laws and principles. An atmosphere of love. When you love, you give. You give your time, you give to evangelism, and you give money. The Bible says you shall honor the Lord with substance. The first fruit of your substance. Substance. You cannot be saying you honor God with your lips. You can't say you honor God with your lips. If I'm your pastor, the Bible says, if I be your father, where is my honor? If I'm your pastor, why is it that there's no honor? There's no substance to show you honor me. That is what God is saying. You say you honor God, but you never give to his work because you think you are poor. As a man thinketh, so is he. You only break out from poverty when you start thinking I'm not poor. It is me to give, not me to receive. The problem with Africa is we are always like this. Give me. You only reverse that order when you say it is me. I told myself, it is not me who is going to be on the receiving end. I refuse. It is me who is going to be giving. It is me. One time I told myself, when I'm with my pastor, and he just makes a mistake to say that he wants to fuel his car, and he has carried me, I will never allow him to fuel his car. I told myself that. So at that time I never had money. But I told myself, Lord, if you give me an opportunity, so God started bringing those opportunities. Because what you pray for, you get. What you pray for, you will always get it. 
And anytime God will provide those opportunities, I will have money needed for that particular work. So anytime, and I, because I used to pray, Lord, when he carries me, let him decide today I'm going to fuel my car. Because this guy is always fuel. Rarely does he go to the petrol station. Like, often. So when anytime I would be in that car, it would be that particular day that he's going to fuel his car. And I would be there and say, Lord, this is my time. So when he wants to pay, I'll rush and say, I'm going to pay. And God began to bless me. Now, God has blessed me. I have a car. I have money. I have anything I need. Anything I need. Right now, I want to go to America. I'll apply for a visa and I'll fly. I'll not do a fundraising. Adio, pastor, I'm going to go to America. I'll not do a fundraising. By the grace of God. Because I was willing to come out from those who are. Those who are. Take. Take. Anywhere I go. If I go to a hotel, I always want to give the waiter a tip. I always want to give the waiter a tip. Because I realize the rich are always giving and they are never poor. But the poor are always receiving, but they are never rich. And you've been receiving money. Because you will never become rich from receiving. You become rich from giving. It's a principle. River Nile is a rich river because it is giving water <laughs> to so many countries. That's why it's a rich river. People, people are fighting for that river. Egypt is fighting to put a dam. Ethiopia is saying you can't put a dam. Sudan is saying you can't put a dam. Uganda is saying there is no dam on River Nile. Why are people fighting? Why are you not fighting over River Bagavi? Because River Bagadi gives nothing. It's a seasonal river. It only receives during the, during the rainy season. But a river that is always full, people are fighting for it. People always want to become associated with those who give. Kenya can become rich if it starts giving. By the way, do you guys know in 1994, we were in the same level with South Korea? In 1994, our GDP was the same as South Korea. In 1994, Kenya gave aid to South Korea. In 1994. Then a certain guy, I've forgotten his name, came and became the president of South Korea. You need to go and watch the documentary on how South Korea became a great economical power. This particular guy, I've forgotten his name, he came and told the people, I want you guys to bring all of you to bring your gold. Let us mite it and put it in our gold reserve. And let us work hard. And in 20 years, they said we'll start producing this particular thing, this particular thing, this particular thing. And in 20 years, we rise from being a country that receives to a country that gives. Right now, in the year of our Lord, 2021, South Korea is giving to Kenya. And in 1994, we were in the same level. Same level. Now, they are giving us, we are still borrowing. Most of the African countries, that's the problem. We are always receiving. The atmosphere of love. And one, one characteristic of the atmosphere of love is giving. There's no way a whole love group, when it comes to passing money, you give 50 shillings. A whole love group of 60 people, or of six people rather. Or right now there are 12, right? 12 people, you give 200. So 12 divided by 200, Manisha. 
12 bob. 12 bob. Eh? Like 15 bob, roughly 15 shillings. That shows the hearts are dead. There's no atmosphere of love in that place. Because the Bible says, for God so loved that he did what? That he gave. If you love, you give. I love my wife so much, I gave her a child. <laughs> if you love your wife, you'll give her a child. I love my wife, I give her holidays. Because I love her. You'll be there one day. I see you giving holidays to your wife. Good holidays. In nice places. Yeah. One of all of you, you'll get married. Not Mafefeinde, you will do a good wedding. You will do a nice wedding. Yeah, you don't believe it. If I did a wedding, you will do a wedding. Amen. Me, even my father, my father did not give me anything for my wedding. My biological father. But my father in heaven took care of me. So if he can take care of me, he can take care of you. Ladies and gentlemen, you will do a wedding. A good wedding for that matter. You will get jobs. Why do we say amen? The Bible says when our amen and his yes Give me that scripture. Let me show you why we say amen. Ascends into heaven. It gives us what? Glory. It brings down his glory. It's what? What's the, that scripture is in? Uh, someone find me. When our yes and amen ascend into heaven, they bring us his glory. Yeah. For the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Yes and amen in Christ Jesus. For the promises of God. Just write, for the promises of God are yes and amen. You'll get the scripture in Christ Jesus. So your amen is important to the yes of God. The yes of God cannot work in your life without your amen. So God is saying you will get a job, but if you never say amen, it cannot work. Because his yes must be coupled with your amen. Tell me the yes of God must be coupled with your for the promises of God in him are yes. And in him, amen. To the glory of God through us. Give me the, which message, which version was that? Message. Message Bible. Can we read together? Let's, no, let's read like people understand. I'm finishing. One, two, three. Whatever God has promised, get stamped with the yes of Jesus. In him, this is what we preach and pray. The great amen. God's yes and our yes together. Gloriously. There's another version. NLT. It is TPT. Oh, let me, someone who has TPT read for us. You have TPT? Okay. TPT. Find, our, find TPT there and you can read. Anyone here with the microphone. Read TPT. And you can find it and put it on the screen. TPT says... TPT is the Passion Translation. Mm -hmm. For all of God's promises, find their yes of fulfillment in Him. And as His yes and our amen are sent to God, we bring Him glory. Wow. When our yes for all the promises of God... Let me read. For all the promises of God... Ah, your phone is locked. Someone give me another one. Okay, thank you. For all of God's promises, find their yes of fulfillment in him, in Jesus. And his yes and our amen 
ascend to God and bring him what? Glory. So the promises of Jesus, the promises of, the promises of Jesus towards us, get their yes in Jesus. But their yes is not, the yes of Jesus is not enough. The yes of Jesus must be coupled with your amen. And when, you are, when his yes and your amen are coupled, they go up to God and bring him what? Glory. How do they bring him glory? By fulfilling those promises. So the yes and the amen, when they join together, they bring down the glory of God. I see you doing a wedding. That is the promise of God. I see you getting a job. Amen is your, your yes, your, your amen joining the yes of Jesus. So amen is your side. Yet the promise is the side of Jesus. When they are sent together, they bring him glory. So I see God giving you a nice car. I see God healing you from mental trauma. I see God healing you from trauma you've had. I see God healing you from it. Any psychological disorder, I see God healing you from it. In the name of Jesus Christ. I see you having a healthy love group. I see your love group being full of love. I see your love group keeping time. I see you being a person who keeps time. That's the promise of God. The amen is yours. So they ascend into heaven and bring you glory. After you graduate, you'll get a good job. Those who are looking for jobs, you will get, you will get good jobs. Those who are looking for promotion, God will promote you. Those who are children, God will give you school fees. Those who are renting, God will give you houses. Those who are walking, God will give you cars. Those with cars, God will add you more cars. The yes of Jesus and our amen rise to God. So I see God giving you new wardrobe. That means new clothes. Hey. You will travel abroad and come back to the country. You will be, you will be a global traveler. You will be in different nations. And then you will be in different nations. One time you'll have breakfast in Kenya. The next time you have dinner in New York. Another time you have lunch in Paris. The next time you have dinner in the UK. Hey. You will travel all over the world. From nation to nation. This week may God do you good. I say this week may God do you good. This week may he supply all your needs. This week may you receive glory and power. Bible says, even Jeremiah the prophet did what? So will you say amen together with the prophet? Now this week, may God give you supernatural increase. This week, may you get jobs and cars. This week, may you get anything you've been praying for. Anything you've been praying for. We petition the heavens and we, we declare and decree that our yes, our, his yes and our amen shall ascend to him and cause an answer to that prayer come to you this week. This week you will receive the answer to your prayers. This week you will receive that phone call that you've been waiting for. This week you will receive that email that you've been looking for. This week you will be cleared by governments. I'm saying this week you will be cleared by governments. You receive an email of clearance from governments. Hey! This week, Jehovah God, will take care of you. This week you will receive a call for a, a fully paid holiday. This week you will receive a call that I want to fly with you to a certain country. 
This week. This week you will get anything good. Anything that bears the name good, you will get it. The Bible says the Lord is a sun and a shield. And no good thing that he withhold from them that love him. So this week, anything called good will not be withheld from you. Anything called good will not be withheld from you. Do you believe it? This week, may God give you nice shoes. Designer shoes. This week, may God give you school fees. Those who are going back to school. This week, you will receive phone calls that your school fees has been paid. Father, thank you because school fees has been paid. This week, you will receive phone call paid for one year. One year fully paid rent. Hey, this year, you will receive a phone call telling you this is your week of receiving phone calls. So anticipate good phone calls. This week you will receive a phone call telling you there is a job you applied in 2018. We've been sitting on your application but we've decided to hire you without an interview. I say we've decided to hire you without an interview. This week you will receive a phone call telling you we know you are still in school but we want to employ you. We want to employ you. And we will give you access to school. This week, that guy you've been liking and has never said hello, this week you will write a text. I think you will write a text and say, I like you. You're not saying amen. Because you don't consider that a prayer request. This week, guys, that lady, that lady you've been liking and you asked her out and she said, me and you are bros. This week, she's dropping the word bro and saying, I think it can work. I think it can work. <laughs> Ladies, this week, that guy you always like, but I don't seem to like you. And the one you don't like, likes you. <laughs> this week, we are reversing that order. We are reversing that order in the name of Jesus. The one you like will like you. The one you don't like will go. I've chosen violence. Hey! This week, anything that bears the name good will come to you. You don't believe what I'm saying. I'm being led by the Spirit to declare that this week you will get good things. This week, money will not be a problem. I declare you are entering into the season of abundance. The season of lavish celebration. On Sunday, you are coming back with testimonies. This week, during your love group, you will share numerous testimonies of financial breakthroughs. This week, some of you will receive visas. You've been believing God for a visa. You've even applied for it. This week, they will call you and tell you, we've considered your application and your visa is granted. You've been applying for scholarship abroad and you've never received any, uh, any, any reply. 
This week you are receiving a, a, a reply that your scholarship is paid for. Your air ticket is paid for. Your accommodation is paid for. And your stipend is given. Father, I thank you because you will do exceedingly. Amen. Abundantly above all that I can ask Amen. or even imagine. Amen. Father, do them good yeah. that they may know you are God. Amen. Do them good, Lord. Yeah. At your workplace, may you receive promotions. Amen. I'm saying at your workplace, may you receive promotions. Amen. May you receive letters of promotion. Amen. I sign your letter of promotion Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. I sign your letter of promotion. Amen. And I put your name on it. Amen. I put your name on it. Amen. May the angels of this church go forth and put your name in the letters of appointment and promotion. Amen. Your letters of appointment and promotion. Amen. Dear Lord, nothing has been impossible with you. Amen. So I thank you because nothing is impossible. Those who here are sick, receive your healing right now. Amen. Receive your healing right now. Those sick of high blood pressure, receive normal blood pressure right now. Those with H. pylori, receive your healing right now. Those who had symptoms of COVID, receive your healing right now. Those who have HIV, receive your healing right now. You don't shout amen. You don't shout amen because you have it. You're shouting amen because someone who has it might be here. And God wants to heal them. And it's a disease like any other. So the anyone who has HIV, may God heal you. The yes of Jesus is that I will heal you. Your amen is what couples up with his yes. And you receive breakthrough. May anything called good locate you. In Jesus' name. For all of God's promises, find their yes. No, why have you removed that? For all of God's promises, find their yes in Him. For all of God's promises, find their yes of fulfillment in Him. And His yes and our amen ascend to God. We bring Him glory. This week, the yes of Jesus and your amen yes. is ascending into heaven. Amen. And glory is coming upon you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Give the Lord a hand clap offering.